Zero, Season 3, Episode 32 starts right now in your ear holes and your eyeballs. I'm Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. This should be a really, really fun one. I feel like we need Evanescence playing in the background, but in lieu of that, let's just get ready because it's going to be fun. How can you see? I'm going to stop, not because it's bad, but because I don't want to get taken down because of how much I sound. <laughs> uh, and we know I can't get that copyright. Aaron Perrine. What's going on, everybody? I hope you enjoyed your preview of Avengers Secret Wars over the weekend. I will not be delving into that further. <laughs> wake me up. Wake me up. <laughs> That's right, guys. We are, we are in an Evanescence kind of mood because in the last third of today's show, as promised, we're doing the Daredevil, 2003's Daredevil, 20 years later review. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, that is an, that is a, absolutely a movie. And we're going to talk about it. Uh, first, though, we got to introduce our special guest on today's show. You may have noticed Jamie Drack not with us today. She's uh, taking a day to herself. She needs a little time to recover just from life. Life gets to you sometimes. And we have a special guest. So it's still going to be a pretty fantastic four on phase zero today. Well, that's our first news subject, a little foreshadowing. Well done, writer. That's me. Uh, <laughs> okay. If you, if you're on social media, you might know uh, Fantastic Frankie. She's a content creator, but also she started her own website. And if you go on that website, Fanboy Fighter, uh, you'll see that there's an About Me tab where she describes herself as a nerd commentator who provides uh, webisodes to spark debates around comics, anime, sci-fi, fantasy, and pop culture. Her goal is to normalize the black female voice in this heavily underrepresented space, one fanboy at a time. Uh, I think it's so admirable to be doing stuff like that, to have your own website. That's not easy work. She's always active on social media. She's always part of every conversation. She's a great voice in it. And now she's on phase zero. Fantastic Frankie. Welcome to the show, Frankie. How you doing? I'm great. That was a really cool intro. I feel like it's my birthday. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we are thrilled to have you on phase zero, Frankie. I see Frankie at so many events. I think we met. I think it was Thor. No, but, we met at uh, Multiverse of Madness. That's okay. So a couple months before that, that's right. It was Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, and I mean, you just have such a great energy. You're so much fun. You're so much fun to hang around. And uh, I just think everybody who has ever interacted with you has that opinion. So uh, keep up the great work you're doing. So, so first of all, let's. How did you get into this? Where where does the where does Frankie's story begin? Yeah, um, I'm a very very OG nerd. Um, my dad was actually really into comic books when I was younger. So I've been going to comic cons. Like there's pictures of me strapped to his chest um, <laughs> at like, they were in cons when I was younger. I was born in 90. Um, but you know, I, I been in it for a very long time. And for a long time, I felt like I couldn't express myself, um, especially in my community. I grew up in New York City. Um, and then one day I had kind of like a, I call it the Issa Rae moment where I'm like, I'm, changing personally and I want to see this thing online. I want to see more women like me discuss these topics and I've been waiting for it to happen. I realized I should be the person. So I started off on like my iPhone and then COVID happened and it really gave me space to explore it creatively. And I've been super blessed to be able to really have some fun, really talk about the things that I notice. Um, as someone who's black, I'm also Latina, I'm Puerto Rican, and just being able to share my experience with other people. 
Oh, that's awesome. So listen, everybody, if you want to find Frankie online, it's at Fantastic Frankie on socials. Thousands and thousands of followers on these platforms, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, Fanboy Fighter, the site. Uh, I want to hear about launching Fanboy Fighter. That's not easy. To do. Like That's a lot of work. At Comic Book, we got a thousand people here behind the scenes running the website. Is that all you? Yes, actually. So that's why it's it's very simple. Um, but yeah, I, I mean... Ideally, I'll have it at a place where I can really start to highlight indie comics as well on that platform. Um, but yeah, um, going on GoDaddy, um, you know, sometimes recruiting people in my life to help me out. Um, but yeah, everything, every platform I run by myself because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I kind of really map out everything that I want to do. Um, I also work with Max, the streaming service. I ha- I'm their official um, spokesperson on Hero Mode. Um, so that fiscally gives me the space to really work on my own brand and highlight other creators, um, highlight comic books, and really create topics and debates on these pages. Uh, that's that's awesome. I, I always find people's stories so interesting in, in our space and in our in our industry because everybody has such a different kind of origin story. How we became our own heroes to do this stuff, and it's it's really fun to go to these premieres and meet everybody. Go to these conventions and meet people and network and hear stories like that. So I want to ask you who, whether it's somebody in our industry or just a celebrity who's made an impact on you, you were just jazzed to meet. You're at every event. I see you all over the place. So who do you have one that stands out like this was awesome. This is somebody I really, I learned from, I was hyped to meet that really just stands out in your memory. Yeah. Um, I have two. Okay. One was Sam Richardson. Um, yes. I, he was just the nicest. Um, <laughs> and like, we were talking randomly at, about like random stuff. And I was like, I forgot you were Sam Richardson for a second. <laughs> like, like it was, he was just very personable and, um, he gave me a lot of words of encouragement. I, I don't even know if he remembers me, but it was just very impactful. And, um, at San Diego comic-con, I met Jim Lee, um, and that was this year, right? Yes, at IGN, yeah. but not IGN at the fandom party, but I was drunk and <laughs> I mixed him up. Like my friends was like, that's Jim Lee over there. And his like, I think his manager or something was standing right next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very tall white guy. And I don't know why I thought she was pointing at him. <laughs> so I go and I'm like, are you Jim Lee? Because I'm thinking like, I thought Jim Lee was Asian. And like, it wasn't. He was like standing <laughs> Yeah. So um, it was. I was very embarrassed, but I at least I left. I guess an impression. He was very sweet about it. He knew we were all very drunk. At the, I don't know what they put in those drinks, but everybody was like definitely feeling each other. So I was like, of course, I've been like a huge DC fan for all my life, and this is how I meet Jim. Lee. That's awesome. <laughs> Jim Lee's awesome. Jim Lee is mm-hmm. really cool to talk to. Actually, I wanted to, I don't think I've ever told this story before. Uh, sorry in advance to Richard, who's behind the scenes right now. But uh, because of your story, I have to, I have to match it with a story I've never told online. Richard and I went to the premiere of uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and he's listening. He knows exactly where this is going right now. And we, oh when we were walking in, there's this guy walking in behind us, and I didn't really get a good look at him. I got a good enough look that I should have been able to correct this. But Richard goes, I'm pretty sure this is how it went. Richard, feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> But Richard, it, I don't know if it was John Williams or if it was Frank Oz, but whichever one it was, we both said it was the other one. <laughs> and I posted an Instagram story and I, t- I was like, oh my God, I don't remember. But 
then somebody messaged me. It was like, bro, that's John or that. I don't remember. It was the other one. I was, <laughs> I was mortified because not only did I get it wrong in the moment, but I got it wrong publicly on social media and deleted it real quick. But it happens. All that to say it happens. And we weren't even drunk. So we don't have that excuse. We don't have that excuse. Uh, but Frankie, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us and introducing yourself to the Phasier audience. Everybody who's listening, please go find and support Frankie. Uh, really awesome content all the time, especially if you're into anime. But sci-fi comics, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of pop culture topics. I always see you in my feed, always talking about uh, what's going on in our in our spaces. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to get to some MCU news now. We got to start with MCU news that I know everybody's tired of. But it went crazy this week. And we got to talk about it because it's partially true. Uh, Fantastic Four casting is getting out there. And if you ask some people right now, it's Vanessa Kirby and it's Joseph Quinn as Sue Storm and Johnny Storm. First of all, only one of these is actually right right now. And one of them, I'm pretty sure, might, it might end up being true, but it's not yet. Uh, but we're going to go around and get reactions to this casting first. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. What do you think of this? Um, so this broke as I was getting out of the office on, was it, was it on Friday? I want to say it was on Friday. It was after our show, whenever mm -hmm. it was. And just... The absolute hilarity of our Slack channel being like, we have to get this. We have to cover it, like trying to figure out how to package it. And within the time, God bless Kofi, or Kofi writing it, it had changed. And I'm like, this is a microcosm of the entire Fantastic so, Four casting saga. So I wasn't, I was on a plane. I, I wasn't know, watching I this, <laughs> but I couldn't, I wasn't watching the stream, but I, oh, I downloaded the Wi-Fi. Thanks. United airlines mileage plus only $8 bless. But the, the cat. So what, what I, my understanding of what happened, it was Jeff Schneider, right? Mm -hmm. On the hot mic. Yes. Okay, yes. I think so. Pretty. Uh, Jeff Schneider got a great track record. This dude knows his stuff. He goes out there and he says, it's Vanessa Kirby and Jack Quaid. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that, and he yes. just, misspoke he said the wrong name just by accident yeah I mean, that happens yeah but that's a that stinks but so he says it and then everybody starts writing that jack quaid is johnny storm because we all trust him and it gets so far that even jack quaid has to go on twitter and say hey guys not playing johnny storm but support sag aftra which props to jack quaid for that but that's crazy that this became such a roller coaster so then what happened like a few minutes later he correct he corrected himself yeah he caught himself mm -hmm. yeah oh my wrong gosh jack. wow Wow. Okay. So yeah. So that's if you guys are hard on Twitter, I know we have a lot of listeners uh, in podcast form who don't interact with us on Twitter. So that's how that went for us, as far as I knew it. And I'm on a plane, just feeling so claustrophobic. Like I need this thing to land. This is big news. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, that story's insane. The Fantastic Four casting roller coaster is just that. Uh, Jenna, what do you what do you think of potentially Vanessa Kirby and maybe Joseph Quinn? I will carry the torch of Jamie because I know she and I are the biggest Vanessa Kirby stands on the show. I love the idea of her as too much. I think this perfect. I like I know we talked about the Margot Robbie possibility, but I think Vanessa Kirby can really make the character her own and can really <laughs> have a lot of fun with it. Um, I am not as familiar with Joseph Quinn. I, I haven't watched the last couple seasons of Stranger Things, so I am not as familiar with his work, but I, I could see it. But I also feel like, as we've said, like some of this is going to change even as this whole bonanza was happening and I was like looking at Slack, looking at Twitter, cause I wasn't technically on for the day. I was still like, none of this is going to actually stick. Like things are going to change a half a dozen other times before we even get to the official casting. Cause also you're telling me 
even in the best case scenario, even without all of the strikes, Kevin Feige would not want this announcement to come out through Jeff Snyder's podcast. So I feel like we're still going to have some sort of changes by the time we get all four of them revealed. It's just it, the, the roller coaster never ends. It really doesn't. Frankie, are you tired of the fantastic forecasting rumors yet? You know, I am, but not really. I think it's very <laughs> important, <laughs> you know, who they choose. Um, I actually just rewatched the movies from the early 2000s and I just feel like the story, the Fantastic Four story is never really told well. And I, I'm just very excited. I think that is it Joseph Quinn, not Jack mm-hmm. Quaid, right? Um, <laughs> I think Joseph Quinn is I think he's great. He's a little edgy, but he has a sweet side to him. Um, but I'm, I was really concerned about Sue and who they're choosing, especially since they're actually going to give her her just do it and make her the focal point. Um, and I want to see who they're going to choose for, um, Reed. Um, yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I feel like people don't know the Fantastic Four story as a whole. And after seeing like Guardians of the Galaxy and seeing how like colorful and beautiful that was, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they keep it very, galactic very spacey very colorful um so I'm, I'm very excited i love fantastic four it's kind of the reason why i have my name um so that in alliteration so i i can't wait honestly i was gonna ask if fantastic frankie was in any way rooted to fantastic four yeah definitely yeah. i i love sue store i actually did just did a video about how like you know initially they weren't giving her her just due and in the media as a whole they don't um, I re- in the original movie, they like have her like use her powers to get rid of a, a zit, like mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm just very excited to see her like played well and written well. Yeah, I and I, I I'm as far as I keep hearing from enough places for me to say it confidently on the show. Vanessa Kirby is the only person who is actually locked into Fantastic Four, and they're building around her. And they've She's had a great. bunch of people audition, uh, and Joseph Quinn. Could end up being Johnny Storm, but he's not yet. That's what that's what I know. And also the Adam Driver thing I heard was was never even that never even was going to happen. So, Thank God. I was <laughs> really. I, I like it. I like him. I like I, that guy. I I kind of like him. I just don't get it. Maybe it's the girls' <laughs> role that's tainted him for me. Um, but I couldn't he's, see him as Reed Richards. I thought he was great as Kylo Ren, but like yeah, I don't think fair. he's smooth. I don't think he's like. I, there's a lot no, of things I don't about think he's smooth Reed, either. You know what I mean? Like I just pictured Reed Richards screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> like, I see him and Sue getting in a fight, and him being like, "I wake up every morning wishing you were dead." <laughs> <laughs> well, so Frankie, who would you pick for Reed if you got to if you got to cast Reed? Who would it be? You know, I don't know. I, maybe this is a hot take. Maybe <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. He could gain some weight. Oh I my like god! <laughs> I like Timothy Chalamet. I'm so sorry, Brandon. <laughs> it's Old Timothy. I like that him. Man. I think he's the moment. He can gain a little weight. Um, I know you guys are upset. Maybe Harry too. Harry Styles. I I wanted to be someone like Reed is also very charming and suave, and I think that's a piece that we forget. Um, and that's what I want. I want someone who's like nerdy, but I also want someone who's like you know we're like what what's happening? Why do I feel this way? Like why am I so attracted to this man? Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I trust them. The MCU hasn't really, in terms of casting, they've done a pretty good job, even when I don't believe them. Um, 
So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, if they pick Timothy Chalamet, you guys heard it here first. And I don't <laughs> that would be. Complaints. He's. I think. I don't. I think he. Timoth, Timoth, Timothy Chalamet comes across <laughs> almost as the same age as Tom Holland. I mean, nope. they are the yeah. same age. I'm pretty sure. But for me, yeah. Reed, uh, you know, those gray stripes in the hair. I'm not going to believe it on Mr. Chalamet. Are they personally. doing? Are is are they doing it? Are they younger? What's the age here? I don't we know. Don't well, know. Vanessa Kirby is. I don't know. I don't know. Vanessa Kirby and uh, Timothy Chalamet next to each other. <laughs> he just. Be, I think it's because he's so thin that he looks that age. <laughs> I think Honestly, we're going to get like a Matt Smith. Yeah, Matt Smith. That's what I think. Damon? Watch, watch. No, Damon Targaryen like, coming in. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he'd be any better than Adam Driver. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, no. We'll see. We'll see. But this is what happens on every Fantastic Four conversation. It's just like everybody has thoughts. None of them matter because we ain't Sarah Finn. We ain't Kevin Feige. Mm -hmm. We ain't in the room. But we're out here. You know. Hopefully, I bet Timothy Chalamet. We know he watches Phase Zero every single week. He just <laughs> sat there and he was like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, so Fantastic Four rumors are going crazy. I'll tell you right now, Vanessa Kirby, I'm confident enough to say she is Sue Storm. The rest of them, I don't believe, are finished yet. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on to the next bit of news here. Yeah, so we got a trailer for season two of I Am Groot, uh, which we I think there were rumblings about season two, but we weren't really sure if it was definitely going to be a thing, but now we know that it is. Um, so the new shorts will premiere on September 6th, and the trailer has a cameo from The Watcher, which was kind of unexpected. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do we feel about more I Am Groot? I know when we talked about season one, we were all raving about this show, but I, I love it. I still think it's adorable, but what? how do we feel? I'm just happy they put it all as one thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. I don't have much else to say. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I think it's funny because we, there was like a lot of the fandom when this happened. Like, I guess they have notifications set up for Marvel Studios. And mm -hmm. to see it be I Am Groot was like, a lot of people were annoyed. <laughs> but I'll tell you, if they okay to season two and put it in production and everything else, some kids must have been watching this. Some kids must have mm -hmm. been locked into some I Am Groot. It must be like that, um, that Olaf show that they put out those shorts <laughs> yeah which i know my nephews uh watched a ton of that so apparently it's working that's that's good um i don't know if it's going to be any more connected probably not hopefully we get at least one more cute thing i know jamie is so sad she's not here to talk about more. i'll never forget the first time we talked about i am groot on the show and jamie was like guys i'm gonna be honest I didn't watch it because I forgot it came out today. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that kind of sums up, like, I think the mass amount of content we're getting and the shorts that are disconnected already. This is just for kids. I mean, it's fun. They're fun. They're harmless. It, you know, <laughs> what a Frankie, you have any, uh, anything you want to say about I am Groot season yeah, I two? Mean, yeah, it's cute. I, I, I like yeah. things that add to the universe. And I think things like I am Groot is the reason why um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was so good. Like there are so many things to help us like endear and love these characters. Um, and like in DC, there's so many animated versions that we watch and like use that. And for Marvel, I feel like they're really starting to like come into their own and like have these different like things to help uh, without the weight of the shows like Secret Invasion and stuff like that. Mm. So I, I like, I think it's cute. Um, someone just said Moon Girl. I like those children's shows to like, just kind of have some fun without any pressure. Okay. All right, all right. So I Am Groot, season two. Everybody agrees it's kind of cute and harmless. I just, I find it funny 
that uh, I find it funny that James Gunn says this is not canon and everyone else from Marvel Studios is like, this is set between Guardians 1 and 2. <laughs> and then James Gunn's like, no, no, it's not. Who do you <laughs> they, believe? Who do you trust? They did that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm -hmm. which I thought I th is one of my favorite Marvel series of all the series they have. I think it's the most consistent and it had like direct correlations to the movies. And then they were like, this is not canon. But like, to me, it's definitely canon. <laughs> All right. We got to keep moving here. We're actually going longer than I thought we would. Okay. Aaron, you got the next one. I do. Um, so Harrison Ford is excited to be in the MCU, according to Anthony Mackie in an interview with the rap uh, stage before the SAG after strike. He talked about how weird it is to have a legend walking among them and how they all get like you know get used to it um harrison was the effing dude it's funny he shows up and everybody's kind of you know you don't know what to do with harrison ford like somebody get harrison water but he wasn't like that at all i was surprised <laughs> how lighthearted and easy he was how excited he was to be a part of it for him to be in this profession for so many years and see him at 80 excited to be a part of this universe was really dope and put things in perspective about how lucky we are how lucky i am to be a part of it and bringing these characters to life so we had a good time and he talks about one of the PAs, like, or like some person who was like an extra who was supposed to say, give me the reports to Harrison Ford and could not say it. They just walk <laughs> in and just stare because it's Harrison Ford sitting there. And I, I can relate. I understand. So for a man who's not excited about everything and apparently doesn't know who a Red Hulk is, is it fun to hear that he's excited to be in the MCU? I was about to say, like. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. It is still baffling to me that this man agreed to be in the MCU. Like, I love being in the timeline where that is the case and knowing that he's actually having fun with the experience and it's not the, you know, sequel trilogy Star Wars kind of thing where it's like, oh, I don't really want to be here. Like, I, I love knowing that he's excited about it and that then makes me more excited. I'll tell you right now, that man knows what a Red Hulk is. Yeah. <laughs> I promise, I guarantee, I can tell you right now, he knows what a Red Hulk is. And if he doesn't, then he left. <laughs> he left that day. Uh, yeah. Harrison Ford's just got an aura about him that's just still like that, like big celebrity. You know, I don't know how to describe it. I, there, it's not often I get nervous around celebrities, but I was at the junket for, uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was the same day on the same hotel floor as Indiana Jones. And I saw that man go by the end of the hallway and I was like, that's <gasps> Harrison Ford. That's Harrison Ford. Frankie, you hyped for, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the only franchise he hasn't touched yet. So that's true. I'm ready. Um, I think he's incredible. I think people always call like um, Tom Cruise the last like movie star. I always thought it was Harrison Ford. Like, I love him. I grew up on him. I think he'll be great. Harrison Ford's got that. That Harrison Ford energy is unmatched, man. I've uh, watching Jamie's interview with him. Woo, that was good. That was good. If that was me, I'd have just been shaking. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. All right, real quick. Last piece of news before we take a quick break. McDonald's is getting a Loki tie-in sauce. Uh, it's a sweet and sour sauce themed around Loki season two. And I feel like that's all we have to say about that. McDonald's, y'all want to sponsor Phase Zero? Send us some sweet and sour. <laughs> you know, do some gift baskets for all of our listeners. We'll do it. And uh, that's, that's all we got to say about the that. The one Art. thing I am curious about with regards to this is, like, does this kind of hint that the... Because, like, the sauce comes out next week, right? Like, August 14th, I think is the wow. date that they said. Yeah, um, 
does this hint that like season two was supposed to come out earlier than October? Because like I knowing how the grimace shake was and how you could barely get it for more than a month, I would be shocked if this is still around by October. So I don't know. I just find that particularly interesting of like, Oh, was it, was the show supposed to come out a little bit earlier than we're getting it either way. It's cool, but this is the weirdest tie in ever, but I also, I definitely think it was supposed to come earlier. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to come before secret invasion, but here we are in the, in the timeline where it didn't, Loki sweet and sour sauce. And that's go get your sweet and sour sauce. We're going to take a one minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about which characters, MCU, comics, whatever, that should get the next movie announcement. See you in a minute. Welcome back to Phase Zero. In just about 10, maybe 15 minutes, we'll be talking about Daredevil, the 2003 edition. But first, we're going to talk about movies, the 2025, 2026, 2027 editions. Uh, I wanted to have a little conversation about movie characters we think should get announcements for solo films that aren't already announced. This could be a sequel to a, a movie that we haven't gotten a sequel to. This could be a character introduced on Disney+. Plus. That could be, oh, did I, did I cut out again? Nope. Oh, oh, oh. It looked like everybody froze for a second. This could be a character from Disney Plus who gets a movie. This could be a comic book character who gets a movie or a supporting character you think should get a little standalone time. And uh, I think we could go around here. Maybe well, I think I feel like we're all going to have pretty different characters here. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen, buddy. Well, Jamie's not here. <laughs> and as a part of the Aaron-Jamie Treaty of 2020... Uh, we, <laughs> this is going. we absolutely have to get mother back uh because i really would like to see wanda in something by herself i feel like of all of the weirdo crazy opinions about phase four no one can deny the cultural impact of, of a wanda vision and i feel like oh my goodness if they announced the solo project i would love to see what the box office of any of that would be i would love to see it also i just you know it just feels weird it's one of those disconnected threads from the stuff because we don't know what happened i know she's not dead but like also like what happened so there's an in level intrigue there i know what my co-hosts are going to pick so this was pretty actually pretty easy for me um i really would like to see her uh have to go back and get the boys because I don't want to want to wait for secret wars for them to reunite, you know, um, it would be good. So yeah, I'm, I'm all the way on the Scarlet Witch train. I'm like, give me Witch's road or whatever it is you're going to do. Do your worst, Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, what are you thinking? I like, I also echo the Wanda of it all. Um, but of course I'm going to say my girl and I'm going to just say she Hulk and the Hulk family. Mm. I feel like th the fact that we haven't had a Hulk solo it, it's the kind of thing that if we were to have one in development now, I feel like the audience would be excited by it. And I think there's so much more lore that we can kind of bring in and deal with. We still have Scar and his haircut to deal mm. with. We have mm -hmm. so many mm -hmm. elements. So I feel like there would be a way to do a Hulk movie that is so fundamentally different from every other Hulk movie that we've had before. And that just kind of is in the MCU in a very fun way. So that would be my answer by far. I feel like the Incredible Hulk gets dookied on all the time, but... It honestly, Edward Norton's version of the Hulk, I think is fantastic. The Hulk was actually scary. 
And that Hulk, in my opinion, is far better than Professor Hulk. And I don't think Hulks are getting their due right now. That was actually going to be my pick. I'm glad you did it because now I get to go with what my heart is saying, but I'll save mine for last. But I agree. I would love to see an actual Hulk movie. I feel like when people say, oh, the MCU is dead, you know, after Endgame, it ended. They forget the fact that Deadpool 3 is coming. You know, we got Cap 4. We got a lot of things that are actually really exciting, no matter how you try to diss the MCU or, or share your frustrations about it or act like you don't care. Maybe some people, obviously, they actually don't care. But when you think about that, and then they have the X-Men they haven't even started with, there is so much they have. And if they announced a Hulk movie, I feel like that just puts butts in seats. Hulk is one of the best-known characters, but it's interesting because they've kind of put themselves in a weird place with the specifically the Hulk. The She-Hulk's great. Scar, I don't really, I'm not, I don't care yet. We'll see that. <laughs> But I want a Raging Hulk. I'm done with Professor Hulk. I've been saying it forever. But yeah, I think Hulk is a great choice. Frankie, what do you think? Um, I'm a big X-Men girl. Mm. Okay. I'm torn. I'm torn between Storm and Jean Grey. I feel Mm. like, especially Jean Grey, I feel like there's so much to her story that people kind of like breeze through. Everybody wants to do the Phoenix saga. No one ever takes the time to like flush her out. Um, And then even the source material for the Phoenix saga, you know, doesn't hold up, doesn't translate to the current times. Um, So I would love to see one where she has more autonomy, where she's really pushing Um, or storm. I love storm. She has so many other stories and she touches so many other stories where she's like part of a team. She goes to Wakanda. So that could be a tie in. Um, I would love or even her being like from Harlem, I think is pretty cool too. And like having like a New York type story around her would be awesome. I like those picks. I like those picks. I can't wait to see storm come into the MCU. Oh my gosh. That's going to be, I can't wait to see all the X-Men come into the MCU under, under Kevin Feige's control. And I just feel like it's going to be another minute. I'm like, are we actually going to get the X-Men before secret wars in the non Fox way? No, I don't know. Like, where is that going <laughs> to fit? And it doesn't. We kind of, How we are we going to explain mutants. them being quiet? That's what time. I'm saying. It already didn't work once that, that approach already didn't. We saw one way not to do it already. In my opinion, especially Charles he's so nosy I couldn't imagine (laughs) like he's so nosy I couldn't imagine him maybe they'll use Krakoa that'll be cool but I'm very very interested maybe it'll be a multiverse thing where they're brought in I'm I'm just so very interested because I couldn't see them for the last 25 years Thanos is ripping and running all that just being quiet and not helping especially with the scroll with the secret invasion It, it just doesn't make sense I actually don't have anything like to disagree with that, but I do would like to push back on the people in the comments who are like, yo, it's so hard to do a storm without T'Challa. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not. She's super interesting on her own. Yeah. I, I love, trust me, I miss Chadwick too. I love the Panther. I love Wakanda. Like it would be tremendous. I kind of thought maybe that she would be like what the post-credit thing for Wakanda Forever was before everything kind of like went up in the air. But yeah, I think there's more than enough Storm X-Men stuff on her own to do without that you don't need the Panther with her, for real. And I, hot take, their relationship was not that great. I'm not going to yeah, hold you guys. It's, it, was, it was a little, and she said it herself, like they're, like you said, Aaron, they're, they're so independent, particularly Storm, and T'Challa is an actual king, and he's not ribbon and running. I actually personally like her relationship with Shuri a lot more 
um, and the way that she supports her to become the Black Panther and things like that. I think that's bigger. But Storm as like the leader of the X-Men, even her little relationship with Logan, I kind of liked a little bit more. Um, there's just so much, there's so much to Storm that I think could be done. A lot of, uh, yeah. The, uh, going back to the, um, conversation about how they're going to have the x-men in the mcu i actually got to give them credit i've i've been impatient with a lot of things but i think the slow seeding of mutants through miss marvel and namor in the live action in the mcu i think that that might just be how they do it they might just start saying well this you know here's a couple people who are discovering that they are mutants this mutant gene was created you know uh, namor was out there the whole time and we didn't know so maybe there are characters that just have a mutant gene and they're just going to start popping up and eventually they're going to form, they're going to take sides. Mm -hmm. Professor X will lead some of them, Magneto will lead the others and about how they should have their kind of coming out party as mutants uh, and whether or not they should. But uh, that would, I don't know. That's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they maneuver that going forward. But it's, it's tricky. I just hope they don't do the whole, well, he, they were here all along. They just didn't feel like helping. Because then I, I don't like that story. I don't like what I don't like the revisionist history of the MCU that Secret Invasion has done, that Eternals has done. Some of it has been okay. Some of it's just too big and not working for me. Uh, all right, and mine. I mean, come on, <laughs> surprising absolutely no one. Nova, what do you mean? <laughs> Obviously, Richard Ryder or Sam Alexander. Honestly, uh, I think that the the cultural elements you could bring in through a Sam Alexander are really, really good. And I also, I've said this before, I think there's a way to combine the stories of Sam and Rich, have Rich be the long lost father of Sam uh, and just out there in space instead of Sam having a different father that he finds. But I think Sam Alexander's story fits the current tone of the MCU more. It's more kid friendly. It's more like Spider-Man Homecoming, but cosmic if you make it into a movie. But I think Richard Ryder is an opportunity to get back to like almost a Tony Stark type of character. He's so cocky. He's overzealous. He's a bit of a player. Like he's just fun to watch in that way. He's got to learn to like control himself, learn what's right, what's wrong, learn balance, uh, learn to steal Star-Lord's girlfriend. And I think that Nova is just an awesome character. And I would really, really love to see Nova get his due in the MCU. And that surprised absolutely nobody who's ever listened to this show once. So, yeah. God, bring him in. Bring him in. <laughs> one day. One day you'll get <sighs> your wish. Yeah, one day. I'm going to, I'm going to, if I were, if I were, wait, uh, we had a comment. Oh, I can't see it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, if I were like a professional wrestler, my ring gear would be Nova inspired. Nice. 100%. No doubt. I'd be like Johnny Gargano out there and everybody would be like, what the hell is he wearing? Because nobody even knows who Nova is if they're not a hardcore fan. But I do. And I'm rooting for him. All right. We're going to take a quick one-minute break. When we come back, we're talking about 2003's Daredevil. If you have not ever seen this movie, what? I don't believe you. But go ahead, pause the show, come back after you watch it. It's a whole movie. And we're going to talk about it in a minute. See you there. Welcome back to Phase Zero. We're going back in time about 20 years right now. We're going to talk about the Daredevil movie. Before there was Spider-Man No Way Home, before there was She-Hulk's Boyfriend, before there was multiple seasons of A Defender on Netflix, there was a man in a motorcycle suit who would later be Batman. But first, he was Daredevil. 
Uh, this movie came out in 2003, and I'm not going to lie. As a kid, I loved this movie. I loved the Daredevil movie when I was 11 years old. Now, well, I'm going to make you wait for it. Jenna, what do you think of this movie having watched it now 20 years later? So I will preface this by saying this is one of my favorite like matinee, like cable TV movies where if it is on at any point in time, I will put it on and I will watch it all the way through so much so that a couple of years ago for Christmas, uh, we got a bunch of Daredevil trading cards as a present and the PS de Resistance was a signed Coolio card. So which I am showing to Hilarious. the camera right now. Um, wow. So I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I hadn't watched the director's cut in the longest time. So getting to rewatch it for this was really fun. I, I think for the time, it does some really interesting things and it is really creative and just fun. It it obviously has aged very weirdly in other respects, but I think the effort that they put into it is just very fun to watch. So I, I will always champion this movie. Aaron, what are you thinking? Uh, so fun, fun times because I, I literally, me and my fiance were joking around. Like, I don't remember nothing that happened in this movie before watching <laughs> yesterday. I don't remember anything. I remember the soundtrack stuff more than I remember the actual content of the movie. I will say it has a very, very distinct visual style. I loved the intro credits. Like for some mm -hmm. reason last night, it was like, oh my, this is super dope. You can also tell this is from that like probably three to four year period where they were really trying to make these things look as much like the comic on the page as they possibly could. Like the way that it was blocked when it's doing all like the moving around in the frame and then up to Matt hanging on that cross, which is literally just Frank Miller stuff. I'm like, man, we, we get certain like panels rendered on screen, but we're not doing it like this anymore where it's like, no, no, no. I want you to literally make this image. Uh, talk to HR. They, these are the same picture. Like that's what, it, <laughs> that's what it felt like for a lot of it. But I did enjoy it myself. It is very different than some of the stuff we have now, but it was fun. It was interesting. It's it's Ben Affleck, man. That dude just recreates images out of the books as Daredevil and as Batman. He created that uh, Dark Knight Returns book in uh, as Batman and then that cover in Daredevil. Frankie, what do you think of 2003's Daredevil? Um, it is one of the most... I, I think it's a time capsule. Um, yeah. Like I feel like watching Marvel movies now, they're a little bit more timeless versus like down to Evanescence being on the soundtrack. If you guys watched SmackDown in 2003, I mean, they were the hottest <laughs> thing out. Um, Colin, the fashion, everything about it was just like watching a moment in time. And I really appreciate it. Um, I didn't realize that Kevin Feige and John Favreau were so involved with this movie. And you can tell it is very much a like, this movie is for nerds who enjoy the comic books. Um, I liked it. I liked the suit. I like the motorcycle suit and just like that kind of like, look, I hate it. Uh, the way Ben Affleck played blind, like <laughs> it was, it was a little <laughs> odd. It was a little <laughs> odd. It was a little odd, but I thought the action scenes were decent, um, particularly with, um, Kingpin and like mm -hmm. Daredevil was killing people. Uh, <laughs> this too. I don't remember that, but he was ruthless and like, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool. I'm not gonna lie. I'm with you guys. I thought this movie's pretty damn fun. Yeah. Like it's absurd. It is so damn cheesy. Some of the dialogue is just unforgivable. <laughs> like when that, like when young Matt Murdock wakes up in the hospital and he's just like, "Dad, 
something happened to me. I can feel it. Things are different now. It's like, okay, well, listen, whatever. It's 2003. This is kind of how things might have been written back then. And 2003, I love this movie. Uh, it is very different from the current MCU, like you just said. I totally agree. It does feel like a time capsule. It feels like the intro to SmackDown. Like, it just feels <laughs> like you're watching that era come to life. Uh, there are, and you also you, you say it's a, a an homage to the people who love comics. There's so many comic creator references in this movie. If you look at the matinee board for the fight, the Jack Murdoch, it's Jack Murdoch versus John Romita, uh, the guy who he kills on or, or I don't know if he kill, or allows to die. Uh, certainly doesn't save on the train was Jose Casada, uh, and then the guy the body at the morgue that they went and looked at was Kirby. So there, mm -hmm. there was clearly a love of comics and the director of this movie, Mark Steven Johnson, was attached to a Daredevil script before this movie. And then Chris Columbus was going to come in and direct this. And if you don't know Chris Columbus, he was going to he did Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter movie. He did Home Alone. He did Mrs. Doubtfire. So Chris Columbus, this would have been a very different movie if Chris Columbus directed it, I imagine. But Mark Steven Johnson directed it. And I think like for the time, I, I just give him credit. He took swings, man. This was a comic book movie. And I feel like we don't, stylized comic book movies like this anymore colin farrell swiping the, through the streets on a motorcycle rubbing his head and licking his lips and throwing ninja stars come on like it, it's it's fun it's silly uh and, and i i gotta say i enjoyed this movie there's parts of it that i thought were just stupid but there's also parts of it that i was like man this is entertaining as hell i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie one thing i want to say if this movie came out now we would all forever could you imagine New Rock Stars video about the alligators in the sewers? What that would mean? The lizard confirmed. Well, all the theories that would come from the alligators in the sewers. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen the Electra movie. I swear I have, but I can't remember a dang thing from that movie. Was that ever like, was that supposed to be a thing? Do we know? I also can't remember anything from the Electra movie either. So I'm in the same boat as you. I have no idea. Yeah. That's gonna be fun. I, yeah. I, if I didn't I remember this, you know. You guys, I thought you guys knew. Like, how did she come back? I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember this little braille necklace at the end. And I remember as a kid being like, oh, she's still out there. And I'm not gonna lie, this movie, I was 11 years old. I'm pretty sure Jennifer Garner as a lecturer was the first time I had a crush on a woman. Oh my goodness, she's perfect in this movie. I love her so much. Uh, but when she came back, I was like, oh my gosh, she's back. But I, then they had the Electra movie. This was almost like, that was the first time, maybe not the first time, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. I don't know, maybe it is the first time. But this was building out its own universe mm -hmm. because it had a spinoff movie. So they had Daredevil, they had Electra, they could have kept going maybe. And who knows, I, I, there was always, I, I, I tried to set up an interview with Mark Stephen Johnson. I'm still hoping we can do it because he also wrote the Electra movie. So after I rewatched that, I'm really hoping to talk to him. But I really would love to know where this is going because there was a, at one point, I remember a story about this and I got to brush up on it, a plan to have the Fantastic Four and Daredevil and the X-Men and stuff in a sort of Avengers-like event movie way back before the MCU existed. That would have been crazy. Could you imagine this tone of film doing an ensemble crossover flick? That would have been with like Hugh Jackman and Chris Evans and Halle Berry and Ben Affleck and Michael Clark Duncan who was an excellent kingpin, by the way. Mm -hmm. Excellent. My God, that man was gigantic. <laughs> he's so big. I, I have so many notes about him, but the biggest one is he's so smug. Uh, yes. and I really liked him like that. Like he killed a man and then showed up at his funeral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he, he was like, oh man, sorry for your loss. And I was like, this is very wild. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I really liked him. He was both charming and smug and mm -hmm. terrible. And one thing I really liked that, you know, we're, we're not getting any more is that he and um, Bullseye were just villains. They're just terrible mm -hmm. people. And I, I really like that. Like they show Bullseye like kills this old woman because she's talking yeah. like, she has headphones I, on. He has headphones. I was like, turn those up. <laughs> Every time I'm on an airplane and somebody won't <laughs> stop talking to me, I think of that scene. Now, I'm not saying I want to throw a peanut down somebody's throat like Colin Farrell does, but I always think of that scene. And I'm like, man, that is some crazy stuff. That w I just have trouble imagining that Marvel would put anything like that in a movie today. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that Colin Farrell was just like, you know what? She won't shut up. Flick, peanut, she's dead. <laughs> Killed an old lady. And then the, the flight attendant is like, can I get you anything? More peanuts. <laughs> he killed a man with like seven paper clips. Mm -hmm. Yes. I will also say, because you were talking about comic ca uh, cameos, Frank Miller is one of the dead bodies that he kills. Like he, he huh. like shoots a pen through his head and he's like very briefly in there. So like, yeah, just That's the comic cool. reference is very cool. But yeah, I love this bullseye so much. Like he, I'm so thankful we live in a timeline where Colin Farrell has played two completely different, completely ridiculous comic book portrayals and just, absolutely knocks it out of the park like at this i loved every second he was on screen rewatching this i i i uh my, going back to my clark duncan as kingpin man vincent d'onofrio is great they, they have not they've yet to miscast kingpin this version of the character it when the movie ended i was i was i'm not gonna lie to you i was like man i do want to see what happens when these two meet again because you know they will. And I, I honestly don't remember if that happens in Electra. I genuinely have not watched Electra in probably 18, 17 years. Makes me feel old, to be honest. But yeah, it's uh, the, the villains in this movie were, were straight up villains. That's a great point. Uh, gosh, yeah. It, yeah. What, a, what a film. What the a scene, cinema. The scene where they like break his legs. Like mm -hmm. that final fight was brutal, but also yeah. very much Daredevil, which is like a very brutal comic book um and they did it without like including the punisher or like it was just about daredevil i love it and the last note i have about kingpin is so they mentioned he's from the bronx and you see that in his yeah like you see that in his style of fighting he's very gritty he like plays very dirty i'm like yeah the bronx take it down like i was like that's why they're like mentioning it um but yeah i i loved i love the fights um i loved how good marco clark duncan is and mm -hmm. you know rest in peace because i think he would have killed it in current like i think he would have mm -hmm. been a great current kingpin um or any well, other Col character coltrane from gears of war i would have loved to see him get to play that part oh Gosh, uh, the, honestly, this movie, I, 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 I want to say but what you just said. I would love to see that sort of grittiness and darkness and roughness in a comic book movie today. You don't really get that in PG-13 comic book movies anymore. And this was a PG-13 movie. Granted, director's cut, probably unrated, probably would have been R. I'm pretty sure the theatrical cut of Daredevil is PG-13, though. And the breaking of the knees in that fight, I don't think was very different. I don't remember. I haven't watched the actual theatrical version in 20 years. But uh this movie as a whole, and this could be a product of the fact that this is when these kind of rides popped up, but it just feels like a theme park ride to me. Like at Universal Studios, when you go in and it's got like, you know, the, the, whether you're on the Incredible Hulk roller coaster or, you know, the Spider-Man ride and stuff like that, it just has that feel. It has that feel of like this classic, it's, it's even older than it should be, but it's still kind of new. 
uh, for me, and I, 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 man, oh, somebody just said the bar fight scene was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jacoba Velasquez on the YouTube uh, comment section. When me and Richard watched this movie two nights ago, I was like, this, this is awesome. I called out that I thought that action scene was great. And then it got kind of choppy and, and, and strobe lighty and a little harder to follow. But yeah, this, this sequence is just, come on. Like this is Charlie Cox and the stunt team on the daredevil show are phenomenal. And they are so they're, they're probably the best to do it. But before them 12 years before they even started, you had this and I'm, man, this is some good stuff. This is some good stuff. I can't believe he was using the same baton in his daily life. Like nobody else knew it was him. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had the, I had the same thought. I was like, bro, that's risky. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they're distinctive. Like have nondescript <laughs> batons then. Why have a red leather lined engraved devil headed? Like I was watching it. I was like, of course they're figuring out who you are. Obviously <laughs> you're a blind lawyer who's, always talking to the kingpin and like his organization. And now this blind guy is fighting us with the same, like, come on. Um, But yeah, I love, I love the fighting. And I love the way that they always show, they show a lot the way that Daredevil is perceiving things Um, because I don't think they really do it in the show where like we forget that he's, he, he is blind, but like we forget he's basically using sonar. And I feel like they Mm -hmm. only showed it once or twice in, the most recent show. Yeah. His creates, seems to create a much clearer picture and it's much more like fluid almost. It, I mean, maybe I'm getting this feeling because it's based on the fact that he can see Electra's face in the rain, but it is like a much more liquid appearance of everything that he sees around him and, and fluid. Whereas the version on Netflix, he says it's like the world is on fire and his version of it with the few, the limited times that we see it is like, he just sees the flames coming off the things around him and that's how he sees it. And as I say that, wow, the clip with the flaming uh, <laughs> pool table plays from the 2003 movie. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I think that the, it also was cool if you, if you watch this on DVD, the menu options, when you, when you, to get to them before you hover them, they're written in Braille. So like before you get to play, it says play in Braille, but then when you get to the play button, it changes it and it says play. I think that's a cool, uh, a cool little nod. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to add to our daredevil uh, 20 years later? discussion before we wrap this up john favreau as foggy is so good like every scene that they had that like i i love the netflix foggy and and his dynamic with matt but just something about this just was so effective every single time they were on screen like the whole thing with the mustard and the honey at the diner was so cute and like ellen pompeo as karen was so good like everything i wanted more almost of their little dynamic they're like little nelson and murdoch because they just they had such a good foundation there I'm so glad I revisited this movie. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I want Ben Affleck to come back as Daredevil. I just want to know what's been going on. We're getting Elektra back, getting Jennifer Garner back, and I'm thrilled about that. I, I would. I hope Ben suits up, man. I know that man has the worst luck when he puts on a superhero suit. That man cannot catch a break when it comes to playing these parts. But, oh, I would love to see him play, play this part in Secret Wars. And honestly, this would be a universe I would care if it was destroyed due to an incursion. Yep. So... And that's what they need. That's what they need in the multiverse saga. They need me to care about another universe. Aaron, you got anything you want to add today to this? Um, I, I'm glad that everybody had fun. I kind, <laughs> of don't get, I kind of don't get it, but it's all good. I think that the time capsule quality of it is the most appealing thing to me because uh-huh. I laughed when like they were playing the thing from the bar fight that just played. I'm sorry for the people listening in their cars, but like it felt like a 2003 music video. 
You know what I mean? Or like Def Jam Vendetta Fight for New York, which is uh, <laughs> I love personally. So anything with that kind of weird teal filter over it and no strobe lights for no reason, I'm like, okay, I will at least humor it. And I did have fun, which I was like, that's a plus. You, you, <laughs> people forget now because everybody likes to bag on everything now so much because we can all hear each other all the time. A lot of the superhero movies that came out pre-MCU were not great. And that movie is fine. That movie is just fine, which is doing great for the time period, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'll say this. I don't know if it's a very good movie, but I know it entertained me all the way through. And I I, I left me thinking, hmm, I actually would like to see more of this. So I -hmm. think that's a mission accomplished. All right, we're going to go around. We're going to wrap up the show. Last words starting at the top. Jenna, any last words for today's episode of Phase Zero? It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on whatever social media platforms may or may not exist in the next week. Um, go read some <laughs> comics as always. And yeah, just this is really fun. I'm excited for us to talk about Electric because again, I remember next to nothing about that movie. So this will be fun. Same. Aaron? Uh, it's at Summer Lake Hornet on uh, the platform that's name keeps changing. Uh, I went to actually see Lola last week. It's a very weird weird little sci-fi movie like a smaller budget movie but it was very very interesting and strange and i think it's on amazon i think you should check that out also thank y'all the entire internet for the memes over the weekend this kind of stuff makes me laugh this (laughs) stuff is hilarious please keep it coming Do you want to? Do you want to bother to describe that for? Sure. Uh, I mean, for the people who are watching home, I don't know if I'm getting in trouble, but like, it's Captain America and Sam Wilson getting the shield, and instead of the shield afterwards, he like Steve looks away, and then it's a a, a folding chair. So, yeah. <laughs> if you get, if you know, you know. If yeah. you, know, you, know, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frankie, any any last words for today's episode of Phase Zero? Yes. Um, you guys can all follow me at Fantastic Frankie yes. F R A N K E Y. <clears throat> Thank you guys for getting me to rewatch uh, Daredevil 2003. I really appreciate it and having me here. I had so much fun. This is a blast. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, to everybody on the Phase Zero community, thank you so much for giving a warm welcome to Frankie. Please go follow her. I promise you will not be disappointed. It will be worth the follow. It's great content. Uh, and Frankie's just awesome. And she's at all these events, making just, just doing a great job. And uh, thank you so much to Frankie for coming on Phase Zero today. Next week, so I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if this is going to happen next week. Uh, we're supposed to do the Electra rewatch for next week. And our guest... Very excited to say it was be heavy spoilers from the YouTube channel, which is a channel I love. Uh, however, I might have some travel happening for work, so we might be reworking that. We'll keep you updated on social media, on the X, on the Instagram, on you know whatever, all the places we do that. Uh, so we'll figure that out. But the next time I'm on the show, which whether it's next week, the 16th, or the following week, which would be the 17th, we'll be talking about Electra with heavy spoilers as the guest and Jamie will be back with us as well. In the meantime, I highly suggest hitting up at fantastic Frankie and following her on all the social media platforms, head over to comicbook.com slash Marvel for more Marvel updates. In the meantime, phase zero or youtube.com slash C slash phase zero for more YouTube videos. We're doing lots of shorts. We're trying to get some more uh, longer form video on there as well and interviews and all that good stuff. And if we have an interview with the directors of daredevil and Electra, that's where they'll be. I've rambled. That's our show. Leave a five-star review. I'm BD. See you next week.